It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I am so excited to be joined by Monica Rivers, who is an executive board founder of Latina's Voice. And she is also the owner of eight cellular franchises and an executive director member of the John Maxwell Organization. She has the privilege to to be selected as an MC for the John Maxwell Spanish Community Platform. Monica, such a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the program. Oh, my God. What a such a presentation, Shalom. Thank you so much for having me here this morning. This Latina is very excited to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get started in the very, very beginning. So, Monica, tell us, what is a Latina's voice and what is your role in the organization? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Latina's Voice is a community that unites women to grow their emotional, shalom, social, and work potential through a network that unites them and allows them to make connections that help them in their development. Uh, in my case, I'm one, I'm one of the founders, and my role is to work closely with the community, um, executing as a coach, mentor, and influencer. That's my favorite. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And really what uh, Latina's voice, it's, it's incredible. A, a, a magic number over here is 1 million. 1 million, because that's what you are seeking to do is to raise the dream of 1 million from around the world. So tell us a little bit about that goal and why is the mission relevant and necessary in these times in particular? What the mission relevant? Oh, boy. Um, look, because we are a support for Latina women who at the same time help to improve their communities. We have a need to unite them and motivate, and motivate women to believe in themselves and bring their dreams and goals to development and grow, not just economic, but also social and personal. We truly believe on that. It's incredible. And it's honestly, it's inspirational. So right now, there is a very, very exciting uh, international award um, uh, program that's taking place. And um, you are getting ready to uh, for for some very exciting times. So tell us about uh, the nomination process and uh, the five categories in which you are hoping to uh, honor Latinas in uh, in a number of different areas. Well, first of all, look, uh, Latinas Voice, more than uh, making a new community, our goal is to bring communities uh, together, right? Uh, create alliance. And we decide to do this award because, uh, first of all, we want to honor astounding women and astounding Latinas, ensure their accomplishments to inspire the next generations. So what we did, it was uh, we put outside uh, nominations and Latinas start nominating each other. So the cool thing about this is, uh, we put outside five categories, which they are emerging young Latina, 
uh, Inspire Latina Mom Award uh, uh, category, uh, Entrepreneurial Trailblazer, Latina Mentor, Community Spirit Award. Um, and it, the, it's really cool, Shalom, because a lot of the people of these women around their communities, they didn't know about them. And now, because we put the, the story outside, the journey outside, they getting to know better these people. And it's just beautiful the way they reproduce and each, each other uh, in the way like they are inspired with their own uh, journey, which they were there around the same people. Absolutely. And I am so excited to, uh, I know it's coming up in uh, just a couple of days on June 24th at a virtual gala um, the winners of this uh, of this uh, beautiful, I don't want to use the word competition because really it's all about bringing people together. Um, but the uh, the prizes of an emerging, emerging young Latina, inspiring Latina mom, Latina entrepreneur trailblazer, Latina mentor award and Latina community spirit award, they will all be announced and surely they will bring many, many people together. So tell, tell us a little bit um, else about what what Latina's voice is doing. What other programs do you offer? Well, actually, uh, we are in the process, but I don't know. I would like to highlight first, because you mentioned about the one million Latinas, right? And for some people, it's going to be like, a, why they do that? Why are they doing that? So it's like, a, are, they, are they crazy or what? Well, I mean, we Latinas, we well know for that. So, um, but we know that goals has to be clear and measurable. And we love challenges. And we want to have a number that inspires, challenges, and take us out of our comfort zone. So a million Latinas is like a billion dream challenge for us. And there's dreams and those of the people they're gonna inspire. If we nurture the transformations of one million Latinas, the impact, the reality could be uh, billions. So that's the way we put it, that number. And I really wanted to mention that. And when we talk about the programs, of course, it's not about just the awards, we're trying to do uh, something additional in the future. And we are working on the process for preparing for the launch of Latinas Voice Academy. Uh, we will have a line of mentors, around 15 mentors, one five, with the topics, business trainings, human development, communication and influence, leadership and entrepreneurship, and of course, self-worth and relationships. So that is huge for us. Absolutely. Uh, that, that is huge for, uh, for all of us, and we all celebrate. So my favorite question um, over here, and the most important question is, what, what do you need from the community? Because again, this is a community celebration. Again, it's certainly an opportunity to, uh, to highlight amazing Latinas that are making an amazing, amazing uh, difference, and your work is honestly inspirational. So what can our listeners do to support? Oh, wow, the listeners, so, so grateful for them. Thank you for that question. It's, it's so important. First of all, we need to be a single voice. So we have more than 20 countries uh, with all these women that have been nominated. And I imagine if we put our, our voice together and to be recognized and above all, uh, to support each other and involve the community actively to build trust. That's what we need at these times. It is so important to build that trust. Absolutely. So as we look um, further into 2021 and, of course, in the future, um, what are some of the goals and major initiatives that we can look forward to seeing? Oh, wow. Um, well, it's a few exciting things that are coming up. 
So we hope that at the end of the 2021 and at the beginning of 2022, the Latinas Voice Foundation will have the entire structure ready. In addition, we are working on developing an annual retreat, which we're going to have every year uh, around the country. And also, we're developing the idea of publishing a book about our stories, including uh, the first uh, Latinas uh, Awards 2021. Monica, honestly, you're an inspiration. We've been chatting with Monica Rivers, who is the owner of Eight Cellular Franchise, the executive director member of the John Maxwell Organization and MC for John Maxwell's Spanish Community Platform. And uh, if that's not enough, an executive board founder for Latina's Voice. So Monica, you've inspired us. And I know our listeners will want to find out again how they can be involved and follow the award announcements. Uh, The winners are being announced in just about a week from now. So how can people learn more and get a hold of you, your team, and learn more about Latina's voice in the entire organization? Look, I don't know if I'm more nervous than the nominees, the reality, because I am so excited about that day. So, but definitely we have our website, which every day we are adding staff, but uh, we are currently on LinkedIn, of course, Instagram and Facebook. But the best way to be updated with all the things we're doing, we have our private private Facebook group that welcomes all the Latinas and welcomes all of you guys too. So guys can be there inside too. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Latinas Voice. It's an incredible organization. I encourage all of our listeners to learn more and follow uh, that goal of 1 million Latinos. And it can only happen um, with everybody stepping up and, uh, and spreading the word because we know it is all about inspiration and uh, and and uh, Monica, you are uh, you are at the helm of it. So thank you so much for joining us on the air. And again, I hope all of our listeners will uh, learn more about your work and uh, follow on June twenty fourth. Thank you so much, Alon. I also would like to say, like, I'll invite all the Latinas that are listening right now, like, okay, join us to take the few generations to the next level, Chalon. Thank you for this space. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And. Uh, Coming up after the break, I'm going to be joined by Sam George. We're going to continue conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com, and go on your favorite podcast app and click rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Uh, We have such a fantastic archive of eight-plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out our sponsors, chicagosignaturelimo.com and healthplanchicago.com. Again, we'll be right back on Get Down to Business. Don't touch that dial. conversation for quite a while. Um, we know that sometimes we text, we email, um, we receive texts, we receive emails, and sometimes that uh, that communication just isn't going through. Was that message misinterpreted? How do you deal with that lack of communication or discommunication at work with leadership, with coworkers, with clients? This, this communication crisis is wrecking havoc on stress and anxiety levels in relationships and friendships. Here to talk about it is Sam George, the author of I'll Get Back to You, The Discommunication Crisis, Why Unreturned Messages Drive Us Crazy and What to Do About It. Sam, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. I had a you know, technological glitch there, um, which is common these days. Uh, the issue about unreturned calls really uh, I mean, unreturned messages and emails um, is a symptom of a broader problem, 
that causes all of our problems, whether it's too many emails or confusing emails or misunderstandings. They're all rooted in the very same um, principle. And that is for the first time uh, in all civilization, men, you know, we converse without an instant feedback loop. And that has thrown everything off. We have for millennia spoke, used an instant feedback loop. And that's really the issue. Everybody thinks it's the technology. It's the instant feedback loop. How would you define communication? Well, communication is best when you have an efficient and clear and predictable feedback loop. But by design, we've fallen into a communication system which has a fractured feedback loop that's unreliable, vague, unclear, causes loss of messages. I mean, you don't have an unreturned message in a direct contact. Somebody doesn't walk outside of the coffee house. Uh, I just hang up the phone on you. It's rare. So you can see that the issue really here of digital communication is not the technology, but rather the complete abolishment of the instant feedback loop, which, which, which we've used for ages, millennium. You know? So in some ways, this is the biggest shift um, historically, one of the greatest shifts in communication, uh, probably right up there with the printing press. Uh, amazing. And uh, Sam, I should say that you are a master of discerning trends before they're recognized as trends and communicating those ideas in several books and, uh, and, and have, uh, have certainly uh, spoken uh, frequently on the, on, the, uh, on the topics of communication in general. And actually in 1995, you were uh, hired to put together the strategy to legalize marijuana. So certainly you are a man that is involved in a lot of communication. And I imagine that there's probably an, a story behind uh, how you discovered some of these trends that you've been getting after, of course, in this book. So Sam, what was that experience for you? When did you first discover this discommunication um, and decided to, again, uh, try to uh, share your resources and advice for, uh, for the public at large. I actually came to it while I was working on another project. I was thinking about writing a book about fear, and this came across my screen. You know, this is something that creates fearfulness and anxiety for no reason. So the discommunication came after the fact, as I was writing the book, I, I figured this out. Um, being a, a, a political strategist at a, a, at a master level, um, you know, you are forced to, uh, to, to look for trends and see things in a macro way. And once I saw this, I mean, think about it, how many technological experts are out there? But this is, you know, one of the few competing theories of what the issue is here. The issue is not the technology. The issue isn't how it drives us crazy. The issue isn't all the problems. The issue is simply the feedback loop. So I was able to structurally identify that. And, um, and it, it, it is discommunication because communication is, is communication only when there is, depending on the efficiency and the clarity of the feedback loop, so in that sense, all, all communication in the digital age is discommunication. Absolutely. And uh, again, I'm chatting with Sam George, the author of I'll Get Back to You, The Discommunication Crisis, Why Unreturned Messages Drive Us Crazy and What to Do About It. Um, Sam, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that we have 
you get a dizzying number of these called communication channels. And I know that our listeners, as we have this conversation, they're getting ready for the week ahead. They're getting ready and putting things in place. So Sam, I want to pick your brain on some of the things that's the practical advice that you recommend for an entrepreneur that might be tuning into this conversation. What can they do to better this for the benefit of their personal or professional relationships in the week and month ahead? Well, I think you have to look at the importance of whether or not the first thing that you have to ask yourself, because many of these people like myself are working out of home or even if they have a place of business, they do a lot of work out of home. So you have to ask yourself first um, whether whether or not the, um, you know, whether or not you should schedule some calls um, as well as the as, as in terms of your uh, upcoming calendar, because one of the reasons there's so many emails is because they go back and forth and back and forth, you know, for clarifications and then they get on trees. So the first thing you, I would do at the beginning of the month is say, hmm, let me take a look at this. Which of one of these would be better? You know, I understand that people don't want to do a lot of calls, but which one of these would be better would, you know, uh, in terms of doing a direct phone call. So that was the first step. Now, in terms of your calendar, I think it's important to set times that you open your emails if you're in business to say, okay, I'm going to only open my emails, for the, you know, from 11 a.m. To, to 1 or then from 3 to 5, because then you're not distracted. You can focus on your work. I think a schedule is very important. Um, also, that's what's important is that you 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 <laughs> you make sure the the biggest problem, right, is that your your emails not getting open. Um, what happens today? We're barraged by so many emails, and I've done research to prove this. It's nothing against you. I mean, essentially, what happens is that. We see a predictable subject line. We flag it. We know the person. We plan to get back. And sometimes we forget. Or even if we don't forget, it's delayed for a long time. And what this book shows is that has a psychological impact on the people waiting. They just don't wait. They start having, to, you know, they start going through catastrophizing and all these negative feelings of paranoia and delusion. So, you know, you don't want to do that. Um, that is, uh, in terms of your actual communications, I do have some advice. The, so the first thing is to get them to open the emails. Well, anybody who has done any kind of, I've done digital advertising and fundraising, knows the whole battle is the subject line. There are books and books and Googles, et cetera, et cetera. And the worst thing you can do is push, put a predictable subject line, even in business. Put a, put a predictable like meeting or, uh, uh, you know, things like that. What you want to do is use a subject line that will create curiosity, um, that will create a sense of urgency uh, and many other things to get them to open it on the spot. If the person opens your email on the spot, there's a high probability they'll return the email and return it promptly on the spot. But that's the whole challenge. And, and therefore, you avoid getting filed. Even if someone looks at your message, 
it, when they go back, they'll remember it. It won't get just simply filed. They'll have more than just a name, meeting, and Sam. They'll have actually content in their long-term memory, which means they're more likely to get back to you. So that's the most important thing is to experiment with subject lines that are, that are non-traditional. Well, the worst thing you can do is to put a standard subject line. Sam, because uh, you, you shared some really, really good advice, and uh, we're coming up on a, on a hard break over here. So, uh, again, the book is called I'll Go Back to the Discommunication Crisis, Why Unreturned Messages Drive Us Crazy and What to Do About It. We've been chatting with Sam George, a uh, trend spotter, communication expert, who's shared some really, really great advice. Sam, where can people uh, purchase a copy of the book and uh, get a hold of you? They can purchase the book on www.discommunication, D-Y-S-C-O-M-M-U-I-N-I-C-A-T-I-O-N, www.discommunication.com. Well, Sam, I appreciate your expertise, and I can't wait to uh, have you back on because the communication, discommunication crisis is real and is becoming more apparent than ever. So, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. We're going to squeeze in a quick break, and when we return, we'll be talking all about continued conversation on small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com, and get on your favorite podcast app to download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. Again, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Before, Be sure to follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. So we just heard from Sam George um, and some really great communication uh, tips. And I actually wanted to uh, continue that theme, and I've actually had this uh ready for a little while. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, subject lines. A successful email actually starts not with the hello. It starts with that subject line that grabs the attention of your recipients. Good subject lines are often personal, descriptives, and gives people a, a reason to check out the content. Whatever your approach, it's important to keep your audience in mind and test different words and phrases to see what they prefer. So I want to talk about some of the things that I've seen that has worked. Number one is adding personalization. This can be done whether you're using an email marketing platform like Constant Contact or MailChimp, or maybe something else, or a personal email. Start that subject line with the person's name or location. Personalization is shown to increase open rates for almost everybody. So for example, if you were sending me an email and say, Shalom, are you free for lunch? Um, that will work really well uh, to get somebody's attention and be sure that they will actually open that up because uh, it will feel uh, really engaging. And let's face it right now, again, as we just heard, uh, we're being bombarded with a lot of communication. So sometimes it's better to be direct and descriptive than trendy. You're doing a uh, sales or marketing email. Seasonal slogans such as fallen savings or sizzling summer bargains, they're popular, they're really not offering a specific hook. Instead, try to communicate the benefits of your promotion or call attention to specific details and keep it short. For many people that are seeing your emails, especially reading emails on a mobile device, which is far more common than ever, we'll talk more about that, shorter is often better. I would recommend that you use no more than nine words or 60 characters because we've all seen people that have sent an entire email message all on that subject line. 
keep in mind how that's going to show up on the device that the majority of people are using. And that's usually people's cell phones, iPhones, Androids, and so on. Punctuation, limit it. A research shows that it's best to use no more than three punctuation marks per subject line. Too many punctuation marks can make your email look like spam, especially if you use a lot of special characters. Um, so emojis. Emojis are fun, and it's a great, easy way to add some virtual pizzazz to your subject lines. However, there's a couple of things that you need to keep in mind when you're using those emojis. According to research uh, that I've seen, you should use no more than one emoji at a time. Use emojis to supplement words rather than to replace them to make sure your main message gets across. And keep in mind that different operating systems are going to render the emojis different. So it's important to test. And speaking of spam, keep in mind that if you're putting uh, a lot of emojis or perhaps you're doing a lot of punctuation, your message may not end up being seen. And as we just heard in our earlier conversation, sometimes messages aren't being responded to because they're not actually being received by the recipient. So I mentioned a second ago testing. There's actually a couple of ways that you can learn whether your subject line is a likely winner. Um, There are, if you search online, and I just did this prior to this interview, um, you can actually go online and search subject line helper. MailChimp actually has a great resource. It's called the subject line helper. And it checks to see whether your subject line is following tips and best practices, which are based on open rate performance of hundreds of millions of emails in their system. They'll display a green check mark for each tip that have been followed. If your subject line conflicts with one of the tips, there will be an alert and we'll show you what you need to change. So I'll give you an example of a couple of subject lines that I've seen. Um, big deals on big ferns up to 40% off. That is actually getting 65% of an open. It's Friday, 28.3% is opening. This week's deals, 52% open. January flash sale, 72% open. And great news, 18%. So you can see when it's timely and it's something that is a hook and a call to action, you will see it. And again, some of that is talking about marketing, but if you're trying to set up an e- a, a, a meeting with somebody, you probably want to make it as personal and as timely as possible. If they're just going to see it as, again, general update, then they're probably not going to open it because they're probably seeing a lot of updates from all of the people that are in their network and in their, in, in their circle. If you're saying, uh, Joe, can we schedule a time this week to meet? you're probably going to get an almost immediate response to that email. So again, follow these best practices and do some research and think about what causes you to open an email, what causes you to act on an email, and share that bit of advice with me because I'm always looking to learn and I'm always looking to share on Get Down to Business the best practices for you. Again, as we just heard, we're being bombarded with communication. And even as we move further into 2021, that is certainly continuing to be the case. We're working from home, juggling multiple devices, juggling a busy, chaotic schedule. So let me know if that's helpful. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you could also contact me. And I'm always looking for your advice and expertise because this is a show all about community. And be sure to check out our amazing sponsors. Uh, ChicagoSignatureLimo.com for all of your transportation needs in Chicago and beyond. And of course, HealthPlanChicago.com for all information on the Affordable Care Act, as well as uh, information for your family and for your business. Again, a quick break. We'll be right back on Get Down to Business. More conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return.
to business, we know that vision is essential to successful leadership, but it's often misunderstood and poorly conceived. So the author of a fantastic book, The Vision Code, how to create and execute a compelling vision for your business, leadership expert, and acclaimed global thought leader, Oleg Konovalov, is going to explain, certainly in the book, but also to us, what visionary leadership consists of. Oleg, welcome to the program. Uh, Shalom. Thank you very much for inviting. I'm on it. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I I love the concept of the book because we know that you can't succeed in business if you don't have that vision. So let's first talk about you and your background and how you've developed your own vision and your own leadership philosophy. And then, of course, we'll talk about the the book and the advice that you're certainly going to share with all of our entrepreneurial listeners. So, Oleg, what's your story? Oh, stories from one point, it could be, oh, simple. I just grown, you know, American dream that happens in Europe. Okay, cool. Uh, growing from nothing to something. Uh, yet it's very simple thing stands behind it. My curiosity and craving to explore things. Uh, you see, we have too many meanings in our life, which we hardly value. When we talk love, we don't understand the actual value of love. And when we talk vision, we actually don't have a real understanding of its value, how to create it. And therefore, people just nodding their heads. Oh, yeah, vision. Yeah, cool, good. But we don't understand how critical it is for us. Actually, vision defines our life, how meaningful it is, how purposeful it is. And of course, it defines how meaningful our businesses are. Because without vision, business is just another entity <laughs> that Absolutely. trying to make money and suffers. Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, Dr. Oleg Konovalov, you've been referred to as the uh, Da Vinci of visionary leadership. And I agree with you 100%. And that's why I've been excited for this conversation. Vision is important both in our professional lives, but also in our personal lives as well. And it's really that, that, that code as you talk about. So in the book, um, again, the vision code, you use um, an acronym um, for, uh, for the sort of process of vision. Can we talk through um, what caviar um, means and why it should be important for everybody tuning in? You know, people consider vision as some kind of a gift, but vision is very interesting algorithm. And I broke it down into six parts and I call it caviar. It's nothing about fish, it's, but it's still delicious. C stands for clarity of creation. You know, vision comes when your conscious awareness of a problem you want to solve for the benefit of others reaches its peak. So you must be crystal clear what you want to create. Because vision is a multidimensional space in the future that we strive to make reality today. And A stands for ability, because vision is huge, bigger than you or me or any organization. It actually could be left as a legacy. It's big. It's a huge magnet. So you must be really good at leading it. You can't lead huge vision if you are not really capable as a leader. People wouldn't believe in you. You know, they wouldn't follow you. And of course, vision is very pragmatic. It's not an illusion. It's very practical. Therefore, 
uh, V stands for viability, and so it's a viability test because which stands about stimulus. What's in your vision for people? Why they should respond to it? Uh, scale vision grows all the time. It doesn't accept the dead end, so it's about scalability. Spotlight, it's about who takes who puts own skin into the game. It's about responsibility. Scanning, it's about how grounded we are to the people needs. How do we read the world and envision changes? Simplicity. Vision is an elegant thinking about complicated things. So it's shouldn't it should be very simple, very easy to understand. And of course, excitement and passion. It's vision without passion is meaningless because it has it's this emotional power. And of course, we talk about influence, which is stands for I. I must communicate and share my vision to make others the co-owners of vision. Therefore, they, uh, after that, the people will commit themselves. And of course, about acting, it's about strong leadership. It's not about pleasing people. It's not about looking for consensus. It's about clearly knowing where do I lead my people and what they will achieve. And of course, about revitalizing, because vision must be reviewed every time with every achievement, because it's dynamic, it, it's growing. And so it must be revised and revitalized. That is a process caviar, which is very practical. And I share in my book all the questionnaire tips, how to create it so people could... <sighs> Apply. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's questionnaires, there's self-assessment tools in the book that allows those principles to be used immediately. And as you said, caviar, it has nothing to do with fish, but I liked what you said. It is indeed uh, delicious. And um, it's so important um, to uh, to focus on vision um, in, because it's, it's really once you have that foundation, then you're able to, uh, to, to focus on the strategy and the execution and so on. So, uh, Dr. Oleg Kanavalov, we're going to have to squeeze in a very quick break, but I know in the book you also uh, interview uh, uh, some amazing, amazing uh, executives and talk a little bit more about vision. So, we're going to get into some of the successful and maybe even the unsuccessful examples of, of vision as well when we return. Again, I'm chatting with the author of the book, The Vision Code, How to Create and Execute a Compelling Vision for Your Business. Dr. Oleg Kanavalov, we'll be right back after this quick break. Don't touch that dial. chatting about uh, the vision code and uh, have been discussing uh, a vision process of uh, caviar, clarity, ability, viability, influence, acting, and revitalizing with Dr. Ola Kanavala, a thought leader, author, business educator, consultant, and coach with over 25 years of experience operating businesses and consulting with Fortune 500 companies, both in the UK and internationally. So just before the break, I mentioned that in the book, there are some fascinating interviews with executives. Um, and uh, Oleg, I know that you have surely seen both the really good examples of how vision is utilized, but probably some challenging examples as well. Can you share uh, some of those some of those stories and some of what has inspired you in writing the book? You know, I'm blessed having a chance to 
talk and discuss different aspects of vision with brilliant people, such as Marshall Goldsmith, who is a father of executive coaching, with Gary Rich, who is a chairman and CEO of WD40 company, the famous company, and we're all using these products. David Katz, who is a founder and CEO of Plastic Bank. He turned plastic waste, which floats in the ocean, into currency and helps millions uh, of poor people and converts this plastic into recycled plastic, which we're using these days in shampoo and different things. So John Spence is a brilliant, brilliant uh, leadership singer. He became a CEO of Rockefeller International Foundation at the age of 26. Amazing people. But what I've been looking at, not just the answers, how they create a vision, I was try to open a window in the way how they think and act. This is more important because we often tend to forget about that mindset, about future-looking mindset. It's, it's nothing about looking into the past. It's about being uh, really focused on the future. And I found in, incredible traits of those visionaries. They're all about energy management, not time management. They're all very good at solution finding. They, I never heard them talking about problems. They all talk solutions. They're very simple in the way how they talk, how they structure their ideas. That reflects the brilliance of structured thinking. So those traits can be treated, can be developed, can be nurtured. and Learning, you know, talking with them, I learn myself a lot. You know, uh, it's really blessing to meet such people. But what's Im most important is every reader could meet these people in real life. They're accessible, they're good personalities, and they would answer messages, and you could learn a lot from them. Well, we're learning a lot from you, Oleg. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your vision, which hopefully will inspire others to uh, to create their own vision as well. So, Oleg, I know our listeners will want to get a hold of you and uh, purchase a copy of the book. Where can they uh, find out more? Oh, uh, they could visit my website, olegkanavalov.com. I'm happy to connect and answer messages on LinkedIn. Uh, they could purchase the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, 800 CEOs, more or less on every platform on uh, in majority of bookshops these days, the book is available. Absolutely. And that's because you've had a vision to get it out there. So Oleg Konovalov, <laughs> thank you so much. Check out olegkonovalov.com and, uh, and you can purchase again and copy the book. I highly, highly recommend it. Oleg, again, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the air. Thank you very much. Thank you. Absolutely. And be sure to check out our website, shalomkline.com, uh, to check out the podcasts of these past eight plus years of shows. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560 The Answer, but also on your favorite podcast app as well. To success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560 The Answer. Thank you.